Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Female if you're starting animal. out, just buy a bread cow. Just buy her bread. That'll be so much easier for you if you just get her already bred. Mm-hmm. Unlike humans, the males only need it for five minutes of the whole cycle. And <laughs> it's debatable, I guess. Uh, debatable. <laughs> um, so at that point, the male's job is done. You're still feeding and caring for it. I'm going to talk myself out of a job here. <laughs> <laughs> He's still feeding and cleaning up after all he year carried, round. But he was only needed for five minutes. <laughs> for years, we have said we were not going to do this. And now we have. <laughs> Take a guess. This is the three things I want you to do this morning while you're waiting for our live show to begin. Take a guess in the comments below. If you've been a long-term follower of Homesteady, we've talked many times about this topic. We've said we were not going to do this a long, long time. And now we have flip-flopped. We're gonna talk about why, why we changed our mind, why we have changed how we're doing things here at the Homestead. We're also gonna talk about where we've been. We've been away for a couple weeks. We've gone dark. We uh, had a lot of emails asking where we've been, what we're up to. A lot has been going on. A lot has been going on. You've missed out on a lot, but we're gonna catch you up today, so don't worry, no more missing out. Also, while you're waiting for the show to begin, please click the share button, post this to your favorite social media site. I don't care what social media site it is, or where you share it, or even text it to a friend, whoever you think will enjoy watching the show. It's Saturday. We could actually get a lot more viewers on a Saturday morning. We rarely do Saturday morning shows, but because we've been away for so long, we figured uh, we better come back and uh, update everybody on what's been happening. So you're gonna find out a lot of what's been going on. We got a lot of new animals here on the homestead to talk about. And then, of course, the third thing that you can do while you're waiting, guess in the comments below, what are we doing that we said we wouldn't? 
uh, share this video. And then the easiest one is just hit the thumbs up. Hitting that thumbs up helps this video perform better. It tells YouTube, hey, this is a good video. Share it with more people. While you're waiting for us to settle in, uh, enjoy as my son tells you about his brand new, brand new breed of chicken that we brought to the homestead. Find out why he selected this rare chicken breed. So in last week's show, the chicks were at the post office that we talked about. Well, they've been here for about a week now, already learning how to fly. So the other morning, all but two chicks were out, just everywhere. Here is one of the blue Aracanas. They have like the orange on their wings. And they have like the bluish color in them. I already have some Aracanas and they're really nice birds, so I've gotten some of these guys. They will lay blue eggs, probably, obviously. <laughs> yeah, they should start laying about maybe uh, three months or so. And blue's my favorite color, so blue are commas. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. We said in uh, the description we got three new animals. I should have been specific. Three new kinds Types of, of animals. animals yeah, there are a lot more than three there. There are so many new animals on this homestead. And that's partially why we have been nowhere to be seen. We disappeared from the internet. It's spring. Yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. On a Saturday. Um, I'm actually really excited. I've wanted to do a Saturday show for a long time because more people can join for a Saturday. Yeah, so Noah's here watching with his kiddos. Yep, I saw Karen's here. Karen changed her avatar. Awesome. She's Super getting fancy. ready for big things. Dakota is going to get us an alligator. <laughs> Why not? At this point, like, Why not? we literally could have every animal. Work it into aquaponics. What would they call an aquaponics, but if it's alligators? Crocoponics. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first on Home Study. I know alligators and crocodiles are different. Easy. I know. She was really into I have a two-year-old. He, he tells me they're different. Yeah. And you went to the, uh, the reptile store a couple times as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> they do have alligators there. See, we they could do. have an alligator. Yeah. There's, there's reptile stores with alligators. Absolutely. Yeah. They actually, it, they had alligators in their outdoor enclosure, and they actually ended up being stolen. Some yeah. somebody came and stole their alligators. 
Yeah. It's a terrible thing to do. Don't steal people's alligators. No, man. go go get your own. <laughs> go to Florida. She said they had baby alligators at the rest stop on the way to Florida. At the rest? <laughs> okay, I think they were like they weren't like showing them at the rest stop, right? Were they just in the woods? Let us know in the comments. Dakota. Were the, were the baby alligators like hanging out in the woods or was somebody like so. selling baby alligators? All right, Dakota. Maybe Dakota's really bringing us an alligator. <laughs> now Austin starts to sweat a little okay. bit. I want to start the show just a quick, um, uh, just quick apology. I know we've been getting a lot of messages because we did disappear for a couple weeks. That's on me. I haven't put out an email. We have been super busy. You're going to find out about half of the things we've been dealing with this last, I want to say dealing, but doing. How about that's but, a better yeah. word. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people out there, springtime and our neck of the woods, it's planting season, it's baby yeah. season, it's births, it's all kinds of things happening right now on the farm. And so certain things just take a precedence. For example, you know, we had the pig birth. We talked about it in our last live show. And then you have these little babies that you're caring for and you're, you're nursing along and making sure things are going smoothly. And so it's been a lot of that this spring, a lot of things going on, and we've just been so, so busy. That's why in this episode, we're literally covering three new animals. And spoiler alert, that's not all the new animals. So <laughs> There's lots of guesses in the comments. Yeah, so you might actually not be wrong, and you'll think you're wrong today. So that'll be like cliffhanger for the next show we'll do. And we are gonna try to get back to doing our regular show. Um, so just join the email list, there's a link below. I did send out an email yesterday to warn everybody, hey, we're coming back, we got a live show planned. So See, he can do it. I, I can do it. He can give advanced talk. warning, <laughs> it's possible. Shall we dive into first talking about our new chickens? Chickens, yeah. Not really our chickens, as you saw in the Our intro. sons. That's, it, we're getting to kind of a nice point with the kids where they're getting older. And when they're five years old, you can say they're their chickens, but there's a lot more work involved for us. At this point, though, we can say they're his chickens, and he does take care of them. He's very responsible with them, and it lightens the burden off of us. <laughs> the fact that he wanted new chicks, we had no problem sponsoring half the chicks and he sponsored the other half uh, and he's taking great care of them. You'll remember if you saw our last live show, it ended with us saying we have got to run off to the post office and pick up the chicks. So we went, we got them and we brought them home and we've been doing Cornish chicks for a long time. So the little kiddie pool setup kind of works well for the Cornish chicks. Mm -hmm. It's been a couple years since we did like heritage chicken Yeah, and, chicks. and I don't think it was clear in our memory, in his memory, even what not Cornish chicks are like. <laughs> <laughs> Cornish chicks are like Cornish adults, much more calm than they're... They're, they're uh, not... They, they can. They can jump out of things. They're just not as maybe driven to. Yeah. But these little these little uh, Ericanas, oh, yeah. and he got Wyandots, and they're just popping up all over the place. <laughs> they, they didn't stay in that pool for past the first week. Yeah. And so they were in the garage next to the house, and then mommy said, well, chicks, time to go back to the barn, because chicks are not staying where they have to. Yeah. So uh, now they're out in a little coop, and they're growing good. And very, yeah, very spunky. If anyone noticed in that video, there are five or six, I think, I ended up hatching out for our, from our guinea eggs, little guinea keats. Hatched out about the same time we got his chicks. 
Um, and they're all growing up together. So there are some guinea keats in that video if you if you caught those. Yeah, we were covering the guinea hatch at the beginning of starting up our, our live podcast here this year. And we actually, the first hatch was kind of a flop. We only had two hatch out of that first batch. And fortunately, we kept collecting eggs. This is the best we've ever done as far as collecting guinea eggs goes. We've got yeah, you see those, so many. Those eggs two hatched and they both died in the first day or two so that was definitely a flop <laughs> but now we have but how the many? guineas are still laying they're laying really well for us we're getting lots of guinea eggs every day and from that i i tried to put a lot of eggs under our hens our broody hens in the barn and they decided no we don't want to set it, on these eggs what is it about broody hens when so they you try to like convince with, them yeah when they want to be broody they're like I'm broody, buddy. They'll sit on like nothing for four weeks. They won't move. And as soon as you like, like you know what? Let's not beat them. Let's there. join them. Let's sign a couple under there. Then they're like, no, I, I want to sit Whoa. in this nest box. <laughs> Maybe they're not broody. They're just lazy. <laughs> they like don't want to do anything. They just want to like hang I out. I want to brood. Oh, I like this nest I'm box. Not mother material. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm I'm broody. I'm not. Mothery. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I ended up taking all those eggs from them. So they had set on them a couple days, moved them into the incubator. Wasn't sure if anything would happen because they had been hot and cold. But I got, yeah, maybe six out of those six ended up hatching. A few didn't hatch. That's in the incubator like we have. It's not a perfect setup, so I know there's probably a humidity issue. But I was happy with what we got. If we keep just augmenting the guineas we have when when one goes missing because they're in the woods and a fox grabs them then i've got this next batch coming up so it feels it feels nice to have our own little self little guinea cycle yeah we've yeah. never had this before no guineas have always been really hard for us to keep the cycle going we've always had to order more guineas and guineas are very expensive eggs, and they're expensive as keats. And, you know, you're taking, they're inside for a long time, so you're dealing with they're all fragile. that. You can, they can, guinea keats can drown in your water very easily. It's it's like a tough little thing to nurse along. So to have a, a continuous cycle. A renewable now. <laughs> a renewable resource here on the homestead is actually really, really good for us. And we want to have guineas every single year, year-round, because of ticks. They just constantly are eating those ticks, which is really, really good. And we have tick season in the spring. We have tick season in the fall. Ticks are a, a blessing in Pennsylvania. We get hmm. to enjoy all year round. And they were in Connecticut, too. <laughs> well, I mean, Connecticut's like tick capital of the world. Lyme <laughs> disease. That's all Connecticut. That's all Thank you. Thank you, Connecticut. That's why we left. Not really, but... <laughs> so guineas for ticks. Now, good. guineas were not the only... Guinea keats were not the only thing that we lost. We have some sad news. Another thing we lost this last since we've been away. Little Bartok, he didn't make it. In case you don't remember who Bartok was. Uh, that little piglet with the little cleft lip who we were nursing along. And he just he just ended up dying last week. So he did survive Yeah. until he was three weeks old, was it? Yeah. Two, three weeks old. We weren't sure if he got any colostrum at the beginning. So he was kind of perpetually had scours that we were treating and he wasn't growing. When we, we would see him and then look at the, the other piglets on the sow, they were huge compared to him. So he was 
warm, he was fed, he was he had a nice little life. And we learned a lot, especially about nursing nursing along new piglets. If we would have another weak piglet, I would know exactly what to do in the hopes to get them back on the mother. That would be my goal for any piglets yeah. from here on out. Because they are demanding and needy. And if you can get them back on the mother, they're more likely... They'll be much healthier. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've seen that with the batch. It's just better for them to be on the mother. So even if you're looking into getting a pet pig, make sure it's been on the mother long enough that it's been weaned at the appropriate time. Because if not, it is an uphill battle keeping them healthy. Yep. So, sad update. Little Bartok didn't make don't, it. Yeah, don't be too sad, though. It was it was just sad watching him with the constant scour. So, it, yeah. when he finally died, it was kind of a relief that yep. he didn't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. So, and we learned a lot from it. So, homesteading, homesteading 101. <laughs> You learn what from the stuff sad dies. stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you learn dies. from, right. You, I think you try to take a lesson away from whatever you do. Now, the great homesteading pendulum, you lose some, you win some, or you gain some, you lose some. <laughs> uh, we said we got more than, we have two more animals to tell you about today. Uh, last year, for the first time, I want to say ever, we actually raised and finished. Lambs. Lambs on the homestead. And yeah. I have been, in the past, you you may remember, we've talked a lot about lambs. I talked a lot about sheep and lambs in a more negative light uh, as far as like a beginner homesteader. They can be a difficult animal. Uh, we, I do not suggest them for like beginners. Uh, so a lot of people thought I was like anti-sheep. And last year when we got sheep people and lambs, people were kind of surprised. Like, oh, I thought you didn't want lambs. Uh, so we were actually, last year we got feeders with the idea that we were going to raise them and put them right in the freezer. And we had had some lambs and sheep in the past, but very, very short term, never finished them. Last year was a huge success. Sheep and lambs went through. Del yeah, and they were delicious. Yeah, and that was the biggest success is they were so delicious. We are huge fans of, of lamb on the plate. <laughs> right. Um, for us, and he tried, I think you tried again this year to like start breeding sheep. We are not interested in that, Austin. <laughs> it's just too much. And it is a lot for, to take on another breeding animal. Yeah. Whatever you're getting into to take on breeding an animal yourself opens up lots of new things, issues that you don't have to handle when you're just raising feeders. And fortunately for us, there are local farms to us who raise lambs as feeders for people to buy. If you're not familiar with the term feeder, it just means you purchase, usually it's a, weaned a recently lamb. weaned animal, whether it's a pig or a lamb or whatever, and recently weaned, and the idea is that you get it to raise it to the point of butchering. Of finishing. Finishing. And then you put it in the freezer with no intention of continuing to breed. So take a minute, enjoy meeting our new lambs. Behind me are our new, I want to call them sheep. They look like fully grown sheep. They're actually technically lambs, but I mean, they're huge lambs. We got ourselves this year another batch of feeder lambs for the homestead. 
Some of you will remember last year we had some feeder Katahdin lambs, and we really, really enjoyed having lambs out on the pasture. Sheep are not our favorite homestead animal. We find sheep to be, um, you know, kind of a challenge. Small ruminants can be some of the most difficult homestead animals to have, dealing with issues like worms and uh, just, you know, proper nutrition and that sort of thing. It can be kind of complicated. Uh, however, the benefits of small ruminants are you can feed them pretty much everything they need off of your pasture. Uh, you got to make sure they're getting the right minerals and you can supplement their diet with some grain too if you choose to. Uh, but something like sheep, I mean, we did our feeder katahdin lambs last year, start to finish out on the pasture from little tiny lambs all the way to, you know, full size ready to go in the freezer lambs. That's one of the really nice benefits of small ruminants is you can actually just, you know, raise them off of the grass that you're growing in your pastures. And because we did feeders last year and this year, it means we don't have to worry about wintering, a breeding pair. Of course, that does mean you have to purchase your lambs and that can be an added cost. But I find sometimes doing feeders, the extra cost of buying the, the, the stock that you're gonna raise, the feeders themselves, um, kind of offsets the amount of work you have to spend in the winter time with the livestock caring for them and, and also dealing with the breeding and things. So for the foreseeable future, while we really like doing lamb, still plan on doing feeders. Don't have any intentions of breeding lambs ourselves right now. <laughs> that could always change. Uh, but right now we like doing the feeders. These are our Katahdin Texel Cross and uh, the reason we chose this particular cross, uh, we found a really good farm not too far from us who were selling these and uh, a lot of times when it comes to feeders we're not super picky on the breed itself or the cross, uh, more we're just looking for a good source. If you're buying feeder pigs, if you're buying feeder sheep, uh, whatever you're buying just to raise for meat. If you're not planning on breeding it, if it's not gonna be on your homestead for the next decade, I personally think the breed isn't as important as the source. Are they a really nice little farm? Are they reputable? Do they have good quality livestock? Are they checking for certain diseases? Are you gonna be bringing some weird disease onto your homestead uh, by purchasing from them? Uh, so we found a really good little farm to buy these from. They want to do the Katahdin Texel Cross because it produces a very, very large carcass. They found at the farmer's market, they mentioned they were getting a lot more for the product. People like the Texel Katahdin Cross. It's a meatier uh, product and on, on the table you get a lot more meat, more bang for your buck. I could tell right away because when I came to pick these up, I thought these were, I didn't think these were the lambs. I thought they were the sheep that were having the lambs. They're huge lambs. They already weigh 80 pounds. I think last year's Katahdins, we finished around 80 pounds, whereas these ones we could, if we take them into the fall, we could expect to have a 130 pound lamb, which that's awesome. So we'll get a lot of lamb in the freezer from this batch, and we're excited to see what they do. I was shocked when we pulled up and saw these lambs waiting for us. We, you know, we had scheduled, okay, we're gonna pick them up, feeder lambs, we're gonna pick them up in May. And, you know, feeder lambs, last year we got them, they were like 40 pounds. We pull up and we see these lambs in this pen, and I said, 
to uh, the owner, I said, oh, are these the sheep that had the lambs? They were huge for <laughs> just being... Double, uh, probably what we got yeah. last year. And they've only been alive since February. Yeah, they're three months old. Yeah, but this cross, I mean, they, they called, uh, she said it was a terminal cross. They're using a terminal sire, so the goal is to breed these meat sheep. And she sent a photo of him, and they're, they're, he's like built like a tank. Now, we like raising hair sheep um, we or don't lambs. We don't want to worry about shearing anybody. Right, that's one of the big reasons. So, Katahdin's, uh, we've seen uh, St. Croix. St. Croix. And um, York. The uh, black bellies, right? There, there's a few different kinds of hair sheep. Uh, we've done all hair sheep, the ones we Wiltshire. did last year. Wiltshire Horn, that was the one. Uh, this cross. The ram, he actually is a fiber. Mm-hmm. He has... They're from... Oh, she sent me in an email. Netherlands, I want to say. But they're, they're, these, this breed originated over there. And just a big, beefy sheep breed that is a uh, good temperament. She said the one downside about him is she's got to shear him, but he's a good sport about it. And she mentioned how she specifically knew, okay, getting into this, I would have to shear the ram, but because he can breed all my ewes, I can have him, I only have to shear him. The ewes are hair sheep, so they do not have to be shorn. <laughs> and so while she will have to shear one animal, most of her flock, she doesn't have to mess with shearing. And the end product, I mean, these lambs they're, are they're beautiful. Huge. Now, their farm is called Phillips Family Katahdin, and they're in Washington, PA. They have lambs right now for sale. She's working on getting her breeding program, so she's got pretty much lambs all the time to sell people. Uh, we, we can link to that later. Yeah. But if you want to find lambs in that's southwestern PA, Pittsburgh yeah. area, Phillips Family Katahdins. And uh, I, I just, I was so impressed when I saw those lambs there. <laughs> I actually said, they're too big. I said, do you have anything he, he smaller? He looked for actually smaller ones. Yeah, because I wanted to have something that I had more time. But, I mean, we looked at a four-week-old lamb. So it's it was, still being bottle-fed, right? Uh, for, I want to say maybe it was six-week-old. Six-week-old lamb, and it was already 45 50 just, pounds. Yeah, maybe just weaning. And yeah, whereas last year, the eight-week-old lambs that had been weaned that we picked up, they were already, they were 40 pounds. So these things And are... so slower growing our Katahdins from last year. It'll be interesting to see some of the smaller ones you got, this Texel Katahdin cross, how quickly they grow on just grass. We'll see. Yeah. And Becky did mention when we were chatting, they when she has them in the barn, the lambs get grain. They'll grow faster with that grain. Uh, our intention, the reason we get lambs is because we have a huge, huge pasture. Lots of grass. In the summer, our animals cannot keep up with it. So to have some lambs running through helping to keep up with the pasture that are then gone during the time of year where there's very little pasture, for us, it's like a win-win. The lambs help just keep up with what we have out there, but then we don't have to feed anybody hay over the winter time. And they're delicious. And that's the biggest reason. So good. <laughs> So yeah. They're also a nice sized animal for you to butcher just yourself. Yeah. Very easy to butcher a lamb. That was one of the biggest reasons last year I decided, you know what, next year I definitely want to do a lot of lamb. We Last year, you'll remember, we butchered, obviously, Ladybug. We had the whole cow to butcher. 
that was a huge ordeal. I needed to get a lot of help and everything was hard because it was so much weight and size. Uh, sheep? Uh, pigs are kind of the same way because if you want to keep all that fat, you, right. you have to get all the hair off. So you're dunking them in almost boiling water. So that's another big ordeal. Yeah. And then even like something like a deer, if you get a big old buck, you need a buddy to help you lift that buck up. Uh, I mean, almost everything you butcher, chicken butcher day, you need a lot of hands because there's a lot of different jobs. Mm -hmm. The easiest animal, I think, by far to process, lamb. It's small enough, you can throw it over your shoulder. Right, somebody will say like a single chicken's easy. Yeah, single chicken's a single easy, chicken, especially sure. if you're just going to skin it. Right? But That's for us, easy. chicken butcher day is like a huge ordeal yeah. with lots and lots of help and hundreds of animals. A, a single lamb... You, it's light enough. You can throw it over your shoulder. Uh, you don't have to worry about like scraping any hair. You pull mm -hmm. that hide off it. very, very easily. Uh, and it's like a mini deer. So if you're familiar with how to butcher a deer, uh, yeah. So of all and the, I think lamb is one of the. It's, it's expensive in the supermarket. That's another great point. So new, new kind of lamb we're experimenting with. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right, uh, now the moment everyone's been waiting for, right? What have we been saying for years that we would not do or weren't going to do? And then we flip flop. For years. For years. So it's not goats because goats has been Austin's hill to die on just from the last maybe year. It, goats, it's every other year, basically. Yes, it's I his say hill no to more die goats, on. then we get goats. And then I say no more goats, and then, I, then we get goats. This one we've. Fickle, fickle man. We've never had. So, spoiler alert, it's an animal, <laughs> and uh, we've never had this, and we've, we've always said we weren't going to. We, well, listen, I never say never. I never say we are never going to do this ever in our entire life, but right. sometimes we say we're not going to do something because we are not set up for at that moment or have the experience or the need for a certain animal in that moment, okay? My disclaimers. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, that's like a basic homestead disclaimer, like... You should probably never say never unless it's about goats, and then it's a good idea to never say never yeah. or always say never. But <laughs> um, most of the time, things change. Your yes. priorities change. Your your farm can change. Yeah, you could say, hey, we're always going to have cows. We love cows, love cows. Well, we downsize to a half acre. We're not going to have cows on that. We're going to 
downsize our animals as well. Yeah. Well, in this instance, <laughs> for a long time, we said we weren't going to get it. This is your last chance in the comments section. Uh, guess what we decided. Lemurs, elephants, sea people. They know us really well. You are exactly right. We said we were not going to get an elephant, but the day has come. <laughs> They're my baby, one of his favorite animals too. He would be, can you imagine? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thrilled. Welcome to the Homesteady Zoo, Green Acre says. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it's not an elephant. Although I do think that'd be pretty cool. There's uh, elephants at the zoo in Pittsburgh and uh, they're pretty cool to see. I'd love to Indian see like, elephant. wild smaller. elephants. There you go. We could start the mini elephant movement. Yes, it's probably illegal. Probably. All right, the animal. Not an elephant. Not an elephant. This is our new little bull calf, which is a first for us on our homestead. We've never had <laughs> strong enough fencing to feel secure about having a bull on the property. Uh, we leased a few last summer, and I think Austin and I both agreed, like, it was nice to do the breeding that way, and if we would get some good fencing up, we could keep a bull more permanently here. And so we got our fencing up, and here's our little bull. Yet unnamed. He came named something, but it's my cousin's name, so I can't keep it. So we'll change his name to something. A little, little mini Jersey bull. The girls are loving it. I know they'd love to get their noses right up there with them, but we'll keep them separated for the first few weeks. He's got really nice Jersey, uh, mini Jersey genetics, actually ones that I tried to breed the girls to last year, but they didn't take to. So I'm excited to have him. Gonna work on getting better feet on our girls, straighter backs, and hopefully helps improve our herd overall. Had a couple people guess correctly. Dakota knew. Dakota, because she's, you know, she's into the cow world, so she knows like eventually you get enough girls on there and it's just gonna make your life a little easier to bring on a bull. Yeah, and I think Alicia guessed correctly. There were a couple who guessed. Uh, in the past, we have said no to a bull. First off, when we had just Ladybug, it just didn't make much sense, right? You have one cow. If you ever, a lot of people have, We'll write about this. You can see different comparisons financially of how it works out. If you have one female If you're starting animal, out, just buy a bred cow. Just buy her bred. That'll be so much easier for you if you just get her already bred. That's what we did. Because if you think about it, if you have one female and one male, the male is only needed for five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Unlike humans, the male is only needed for five minutes of the whole cycle. And... <laughs> Debatable, I guess. Uh, debatable. <laughs> um, so at that point, the male's job is done. You're still feeding and caring for it. I'm going to talk myself out of a job here. <laughs> <laughs> He's still feeding and cleaning up after. All year caring, round. But he was only needed for five minutes. <laughs>
usually blush, but I'm looking pretty red on that camera. <laughs> Is that Jack, Mindful Homestead? Yeah. Jack had a feeling yeah. a bull was coming. How are you feeling, Jack? I know you were sick. Hope you're feeling better. So, um, yeah, you don't want to have to care for the mail. <laughs> I can't even get through this. <laughs> but now that we have our three girls, we've had issues with the minerals, so we're breeding, we're AI again and again and again. I'm ready to, now obviously he's not breeding anyone this year. I'm hoping for next year. There's a little Jersey bull that he's fertile and ready to go about nine months, but oh, maybe a year he'll be ready. Yeah, so for people listening to this later on the podcast, how old is he? What size is he? Give he's a little three details. months old and he'll, his mom is about a 45 inch cow. So she's a small Jersey. His dad's a mini. His dad is TDH. Is he Dino? I think he's TDH Dino Smurf, uh, Dakota was asking. I always get Dino and Rio confused, but I think he's Dino. And we've tried to breed to both. And I tried to, I got straws from Dino last year. He's a really nice little mini Jersey bull. Um, none of the girls took to him, so I was a little disappointed, but now I have um, this little guy, his name's Max, is his son. Beautiful, beautiful mom, um, very nice genetics. I'm really happy with him. He won't be as short as probably Honeybee or Luna. But Honeybee's real short. That's yeah. a, that'd be a dream. But I, I was telling Austin, I don't mind adding a little height to my girls if I could get some nice confirmation. Little longer teats would be nice. They're, we'll see with Honeybee how she is to milk. She's short. And I, I was, she has Luna's teats. I, to fit a milker under her, I'm going to have to put her up like on... A wooden platform. This was a big choice because if you're breeding for mini Jersey just to have that mini, mini Jersey, there's a lot of value for people looking for a certain height. There's a lot of value there. There's You can uh, get paid more for a smaller mini Jersey. And we do like having mini Jerseys. But ultimately... We like a smaller cow. Yeah. I, I would also like... If you're breeding livestock... And if you're breeding a milk cow, I don't think you should just be focused on small, small, small. You also want to look at um, you know, confirmation. You want to look at your, your udders are very important. Your, how, are, how are they going to be to milk? And are they, is it going to be impossible to fit under them? Are you going to have to lay down on the ground and reach your hand up to be able to milk them? I was really proud of you because I usually lean towards like, you know, get the mini one. They're the most popular. Get that really, really little thing. And Kay was like, you know what? Right now there's there's this big popularity in the mini animal. We do like smaller cows, just nice for a homesteader. Uh, but she said, ultimately, long term, I want the best all around like family milk cow smaller family milk cow I can make. So if it's not technically 42 inches or, you know, 38 inches or whatever the littlest ones are, if it's an inch, like Ladybug for us, she was not a mini mini. She was a mid-sized mini. But great. She kept so easily on grass. She was a nice producer. Not too much, but not too little. Yeah. She was an all-around really nice homestead cow. And that's what yeah. I want to breed. That's Kay's goal is the nicest homestead family cow you can get. Not, you know, the very teeny tiniest. It's not just a height thing for you. So No. But I would I'm trying to make my girls better, which is yeah. what your goal should be when breeding and as inexperienced as I am in breeding cows, I'm I'm relying on other people's advice and input, which I was able to get. And 
I'm excited about this little bull calf. Yeah. We'll see how he does. Yeah. The girls were very interested. <laughs> they were all at the, I thought it was cool, like, the, at the water cooler. Yeah. Like, hey, who's the new guy? You're all talking around the water cooler, getting the gas. Hey, who's the new guy? The little guy. Who's the little guy? <laughs> and he's, like, super intimidated by these giant girls all like. And he came from Missouri, right? Yeah. He had a long drive, 12-hour drive out to here. Yep. He arrives, little eyes were crying, weeping eyes, and yeah. his runny diarrhea. Yeah, you'll notice in the picture, he's got runny eyes, a little diarrhea. Tra traveling's hard on an animal. Yeah. Uh, we obviously are getting vet checks done. We already did before he came. Oh, it's yeah, all he came from a disease tested herd. So you might see in that and say, like, oh, he looks like something's wrong with him. Well, traveling, it was a I long look day. like that when I travel too. Yeah. Runny but he's eyes doing, and... yeah, his eyes are cleared up and his scours are better. So he's doing really yeah. good. And he loves his bottle. That is, he will have to learn manners. So we're gonna put him with the other girls as soon as this quarantine period's over. Right, with that's the girls why he's separate from them. To teach the him cow, <laughs> learn to be cow, yeah. not bottle baby. And you know that kind of goes back to in years past. We've said we didn't want to have a bull. First off, we didn't have the fencing for it. We did not have good quality fencing. That problem has been no, solved. No, and if if you noticed, Austin even put up like that little. It's got blue fence post, little barrier post to keep him off of the grass we just seeded and he isn't trained to electric <laughs> so he, he fence fell down he, he, right he got like zapped and he didn't go through it but the fence post and he was there was no keeping him in yeah. so so now we have thank you to our future we will be talking a lot more about this but thank you to ken cove even though we're not running their ad yet i do want to thank them they uh partnered with us on this fencing project and so now we have woven wire fencing with a line of electric to train animals for our paddocks hard fencing with a line of electric to get the mental part he's down there right now with learning. the sheep as well they're so all they're all learning, learning about electric but they're learning within the confines of a good woven wire fence so if you are looking into uh, you know, doing something like this, you gotta have the good fencing. Uh, having a bull without really good fencing was it for us? It was just a big no. We weren't going to do it. Uh, we got the fencing problem fixed. The other th reasons we had said no to a bull financially, it didn't make sense because we only had the one cow. Now we have three. Plus, the amount of pasture we has has increased substantially from what we had yeah. in Connecticut. There was no way we could have another cow or bull on our farm in Connecticut, but now we can, we have the space for it. And we really, we liked with AI, the access to really good genetics. You can get all kinds of really good genetics. Yeah. We still will take advantage of AI. He's more of a, a backup. Yeah, especially Luna's not breeding back. We're gonna try her with AI for a few more times. Try to get her bred. If not, he'll be nice to have on hand. This is something you see actually a lot of a lot of cleanup bull. Dairy farmers will do this. Uh, beef farmers, I know. The, our AI guy will talk about his own. Yeah, he'll breed all his cows, and then he's got his bull. That should tell you something. When an AI guy, yeah, he's got a cleanup. Has bull. a cleanup bull. He knows as good as he is with his own animals, he's gonna miss. <laughs> and that's what we've seen for the last couple of years. We've had a lot of misses, a lot of hits. A lot of misses. A lot of misses. I got another hit. Well, she's got Luna's coming in heat in a few weeks. I'm going to try to catch her on yeah. her natural heat, but this is not my strength. <laughs> so we'll try it. Hope she takes. Yeah. So now, so much of that has changed, and uh, we're now in the position where we have the right fencing for it. It's it's safe for us. Um, we can still, you know, it makes more sense financially. We have three girls, so. He'll do more work. He'll be. He'll needed. do more work. <laughs> he, uh, yes, he's A2, A2, and he is 
I believe he's homozygous polled, so he doesn't have horns. None of the girls have horns, and we won't be getting any horns <laughs> unless we get a little fuzzy Highland. Yeah, so this was a big, um, it was a big decision. How long have you been thinking about this? For a few years. Yeah. Yeah. The nice thing is, and <laughs> he can also be turned into hamburger if, like, he gets, bulls are not an animal I want the kids to be with, which is why we have the good fencing now. We're already at the point with the camels and cows, little kids shouldn't be in with them unsupervised ever but uh, we already have the camels we, the kids don't go in with the animals so the bull can be with the other animals the kids don't go in with and if he gets an attitude if he starts being threatening or anything we can always send him for hamburger yeah and the nice thing is we were talking about this recently you were teaching me about this uh, the age where they can become more of a issue, uh, they already could have done the breeding you needed them to do, right? right? So right. He, we can we use can, him for the breeding. At a younger age, he'll be ready to breed when he gets bigger and if he gets, if he does. And you know, the thing, one of the things I learned when we, this was another reason we actually felt comfortable making this step. Having rented a bull this year, a couple different times, mm -hmm. we, uh, we had the confidence of having experienced already bulls, um, the uh ben ben <laughs> supporting the mustache and the highland so thank you ben this, super chat this mustache is brought to you by ben <laughs> pretty much ben just gave us two super chats as all of you know we we say this every time the super chats get split with the crew so we know when we get a super chat because all of a sudden our kiddos who run the sound start going Woo! <laughs> like this and they usually use it to buy either cryptocurrency or legos or legos so, so it's one or the other is valuable yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ben. We really appreciate it. Um, so yeah. So we had we got the experience with the bulls. And Ben actually mentioned the Highland, right? The Highland Fund. Yep. The uh, the bulls having experience around them, seeing what they're like. Uh, I remember when what was the Jersey Bull? What was his name? Conchos. Concho. When Concho was here, his owner was. He knew I was new to bulls and we're in the field with him and working around him. And he, he told me, he says, you can never trust him. He says, I love this bull. He's never been a problem. Uh, I don't worry about him ever, but you never trust him. Never trust him. So we're looking for a bull like that, hopefully. It's like that with any large animal because they're big and it can be ladybug whipping her head around. Oh, this just is a great to get point. a fly and yeah. she whacks you in the face, you know. A highland with horns flipping a fly oh, yeah. off can poke your eye like a goat any animal a goat's always dangerous can hurt you <laughs> any animal can hurt you you always have to be alert when you're around them yeah and a bull's no different and if you are we have a great episode we actually interviewed one of our mods karen who um she works with with livestock and cows a lot and uh, she told a story about being around a bull and being in a position where it was kind of scary. She had a really scary, and it worked out great, and it taught her a lot. Uh, so if you're thinking about, hmm, am I ready for a bull, go back. If you Google, um, you know, safety, beginner, cows, something like that, that video should pop up, that interview with Karen. Uh, but it is a step. I feel like 
for us, we both needed to feel more confident around, first off for me, I needed to feel confident around any large livestock. Because for me, it was completely new. You grew up with horses, you grew up with a donkey. <laughs> a mini donkey. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, just that a little one. <laughs> when you're little, a mini donkey's still a big animal. I was like 15 though. Okay. But you felt more, you've always been more comfortable around the livestock and the bigger ones too. I've always been more intimidated. Spending time with Ladybug, that really changed me a lot. And then Millie and Solomon, be working with them, uh, learning how to respect the animal without being afraid of it. Learning how to not put yourself in a dangerous situation with, I want to say, too much. You can have trust in your animal, but you don't want to... You maintain a respect. Yeah, right? always. Yeah. Yeah, they're big. I, people with horses, you know. How many injuries are there from horses? I know cows are like the... They say it's the deadliest animal, but, I mean, think of how many more cows there are, right, than there are I think honeybees are the deadliest. All right. That's I just a heard that point recently. of contention, I guess. Just got another super chat. Hatwit says, don't waste it on Dogecoin, kids. <laughs> <laughs> they get you. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat. Yeah, so it's been a big change for us. And, you know, as he gets bigger and we work with him more, we'll obviously be learning a lot. We'll have our... Our network. Uh... I've never had to bottle feed a calf. Uh, it's a very new experience for me, especially working on teaching him manners because he's mannerless right now. He's He goes for that bottle and if he sees it, I was trying to sneak out of the gate today and I had the bottle and I was he was pushing through it, pushing through it. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting him with the cows so they can teach him cow. Yeah, it's funny watching him, you, you bottle feed him. It looks like, I mean, we've bottle fed goats in the past. And it, it's that same kind of reaction. It, lo it, it looked to me, all right, it's like bottle feeding a goat. But what they always do at the end is they give so you that much, little head butt. So much force. Yes. Is, I warned you about that, right? Like, don't hold the bottle up. And the kids have to be careful with this, too, because they're at the level. The bottle's going to be right by their face. And when he goes to, to bump for more milk, it'll push, get a bloody nose from him. And yeah. he's very strong. Our our seven-year-old can't, uh, can't feed him because he's just too... He's too, he's eager. Oh man, Ben. <laughs> and don't listen to the heathen. Doge to the moon. <laughs> this is good. You get these uh, altcoin guys going at it with each other. You guys will make out pretty good. The control room kids. Yeah, the, uh, the baby, he was thrilled when he saw this little bull. He's going, cow? See cow? <laughs> he's really into animals. Good thing. We got, yes, we got at least one animals. kid who loves animals. See cow, see cow, and he's watching that little bull. And yeah, uh, yeah I was gonna say, even with animals, you're always conscious of your dogs, right? Oh, yeah. Your cats with your kids, like yeah, animals are animals. So he's cute. He's a cute little bull calf, but we're still we will have respect and teach the kids to have respect and always keep distance from him, never to be with him. If you have any questions, make sure to tag at home study so we can see the questions in the chat box. Have you noticed any yet today? Other than our cryptocurrency I, I, argument. I think we've been answering them as we've okay, talked good. about it. So if, if you guys do have any questions before we go this morning, it's nice. Uh, we have 176 watching. What do we got for a thumbs up? We got 77, guys. Let's try to get that to 100. I don't know if we've ever got 100 thumbs up on a live show. But Saturday morning, it's a, it's a better time. You catch more people. So we, uh, we'll have to see. Maybe we'll do a few more Saturday shows. Uh, so spring continues. Spring has been crazy. Uh, you yes. saw in this video, we've got new 
chickens, baby chicks. They take a lot of time. Fortunately, our, our son pretty much heads that up. We have lambs, lambs, which right now the time with the lambs is being spent training. So yesterday I was out there in the paddocks building those step and post temporary twine, trying to teach him, okay, don't go here where you see this. And what I do to train lambs, I set up the fence I want to train them to, grab a little grain because these lambs have been grain fed. They're used to it. Uh, grab a little grain <clears throat> and shake the bucket right on the other side of the electric fence. They come over to it. Some of them already had the concept down from being in the pen, but a couple others didn't. All it takes is one shock to the nose. So if you put the feed down on the ground, they go over and they get that one shock. And I know it sounds a little cruel, like, oh man, that's... But you, if you don't train your animals to an electric fence, they can escape a sheep or a goat, I'm convinced, could still escape pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, and then they could die a gruesome death from a coyote. So In there. A little shock to the nose. Yeah, we've had that happen. Coyote kills on the farm. Yeah, yeah, they're out of the fence. I was. Oh, and they actually are all on the right side of the fence. I was out there already this morning, and everybody's on the are side they? they should be. Yes. Ooh, that's that's a big so, deal. Yes. Nobody jumped over. No. And what I did. So the calf was on the wrong side of the fence. Was he? But the gate was also unlocked, so. The far gate. No, the one on the inside going out to the barn. I'll show you. Uh-oh. There's always something. All right. Gates. He's going to need a lot more training. Those sheep yes, are great. Yes, he is. Yes, he's, he uh, is. He's going to need a lot of training. He's not super intelligent, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get him to come. He was coming. He was, like, stuck. He couldn't figure it out, poor thing. He was it's just he's just a baby. Just a baby. Just a dumb little baby. But we're busy. We're busy training them. We'll be busy with the bulls. Uh, so as far as, you know, uh, <clears throat> the spring shows going forward, we still have, believe it or not, we still have some animals to tell you about and some big projects to talk about and some things going on. So stay tuned. Uh, as far as when will our next live show be, we're kind of getting back into the rhythm of things, back into the groove. So best thing I can tell you right now is get on our email list because we do send out warning emails to let you know if we're going to go live. And that way you'll know ahead of time if we're going to be doing a live show. And what you can look forward to upcoming in the summer, we're going to be putting these animals out on pasture. You'll see how we do that. Uh, we have a really, really elaborate plan for, <laughs> <laughs> for grass feeding this year. If you're wondering, uh, last year we did a, a rotational grazing setup. This year we're moving towards that, but right now we're in the training mode. We actually, you saw it in the very intro video, we have our pigs out now. Oh, pigs. Piglets are happy, fat, happy little sausages out on that grass. Yeah. We had They're the pigs really cute. all winter long. They've been on the gravel pads, in the livestock pads. And I asked our pig mentor, uh, you know, at what age do you let the sows and the piglets out? Uh, Kirsten said, as soon as they can follow the sow out there. <laughs> so now our pigs are outside. No, we do have somebody asking questions about exemptions. So I don't know if that's something you've talked about in another video, um, like state exemptions for homesteading. We actually have, if you search in YouTube, farming taxes exemption. I did a whole video on this a couple of years back. What was the question exactly? Uh, 
can you ever do a video on exemptions for homesteading? If any. Okay, great. And thank you, Cindy, for helping us find those questions. That's so helpful, having the mods find the questions. And our mods have been awesome today. I wanted to thank you, of course, as always, but uh, they've been on top of stuff. We, we see what you're doing and what you're up to. We really thank you for that. Um, so we do have a whole video on farm tax exemptions. If you're interested, you can search it. You definitely can get some exemptions as a homesteader. And every state will be different every place mm -hmm. and every farm, depending on what you're doing at what level. Uh, but to give you an idea, we have used in the past exemptions for property taxes. Um, we've also had a sales tax exemption we've taken advantage of. The property tax exemption, you had to be a business selling, but there was no minimum. The sales tax exemption, you had to have a certain amount of sales from your farm, a dollar figure. For us in Connecticut, that was $2,500. And we were able to hit that with the sale of a couple whole pigs. So go check that video out. Look for it. Farm tax Yeah, I think exemptions. Cindy found it. Awesome. Cindy already linked to it. Thank you. So you can go and see that. And uh, yeah, you can take advantage of that. So there's definitely stuff out there. All right. Is that everything? <laughs> I think that, well, that's everything we're going to talk about today. Today. Yeah, Austin so. is actually going to go planting this afternoon. He's got to plant some corn. This is a first for us, too. And you will hear about it. We'll talk about this on an upcoming episode. We are getting into row cropping. We're getting into... We, we've always said we're not much for a green thumb. We, we try. And this is the first year we're going to do it on kind of a bigger bigger level with yeah. with uh, my parents next door you've got a little uh, field set aside to do some planting corn i know they want to do sunflowers sunflowers right? corn some squash, some squash some pumpkins pumpkins so we're going to experiment and you will see it in upcoming vlogs and upcoming uh, live streams we'll talk about it and you get to learn about what we're doing with crops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First for us. So thank you all for joining this morning live. If you're listening later, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to our Super Chats. The kids were super excited yes. today. Yeah. They're going to go on a Dogecoin spending spree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you, everybody, who joined us for Saturday morning for hitting that thumbs up. Uh, and we got over 100 thumbs up Yay. live. So that's awesome. Thank, thank you so you. much, everybody. We will see you all in our next show, which we'll tell you about if you're on our email list. Click the link below for that, and we'll see you then. Now we need lunch. Let's go have lunch. Belly's growling. <laughs>